Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Jones of all ages, welcome to the main event of the evening. It's Talking Joe with Chief and Chris. Yo, yo! Yo, Joe! Hey, hey, hey! It's the Chiefy! Joined by you, I think. <laughs> Diagnostic 80 criticism. How are you doing, buddy? Yes, I am. Uh, I'm Well, I am well. The missus go, is go. coming down with a cold. I'm hoping to avoid that. Oh, um, but we'll, we'll get it out of the way now. Obviously, we're in a little bit of mourning um, because of the sad news oh. of Mr. Kobe Bryant. Now, Jeez. this is a little bit of old news by the time this airs, but still in you know in the public's mind but um yeah that that was uh that's some sad news oh my god just blew like completely took me by surprise as well as all these things always do yeah but like i don't know like i'm i've i'm a huge basketball fan and i have been since i was a kid and i was a huge bulls fan massive michael jordan fan like i wanted to be jordan i even played semi-professional basketball up to like i don't know uh, in the 2000s and Kobe was one of those players who kind of just transcended the game completely I mean he shot up the scorers charts like nobody it was incredible yeah. and he was this little scrawny kid out of high school and no one really kind of I mean everyone was excited when he joined the league with the 13th pick the Charlotte Hornets select Kobe Bryant greatness lies ahead to this young man First all-star move. He lobs it. LeBron tries to chase the Bryant. Oh! Up with the buzzer. Backs it in. Oh, my God. But I, I think there hasn't been a player like him really i mean Le- lebron obviously um is a different type of player but there hasn't been a player like kobe bryant who did the things that he did in the way that he did them and you know the the fact that like it, you know, people know this guy's name uh, that yeah. don't have that have no idea about basketball. So, and also, you know, his his daughter. I mean, that is just terrible. Yeah. Nine people died in that helicopter crash as well. I mean, like, man, horrible yeah. I mean, stuff. For me, I I was a a basketball fan um, around the early nineties, and then I kind of get got away from it, and I think I missed quite a lot of Kobe's career. I yeah. did see, you know, in parts, but I think for me, talking about this with someone uh, the other day, where does he place all time? For me, I think the Mount Rushmore for me is Bill Russell, Magic Johnson, Michael Jordan, and I think I put LeBron on it, and yeah. I think. Kobe and people you can argue that Kobe should be in that top echelon I'm not going to disagree but for me I think he sits maybe you know with Larry Bird Kareem uh, and and Kobe sort of down there just ever so slightly underneath I think he was ever so slightly hurt in his career by the fact that I don't think he was the best teammate necessarily now uh, absolute unbridled points in a game unbridled unbridled, yeah this would be 18 for 20 from the line in the second half. Ladies and gentlemen, you have witnessed the second greatest scoring performance in NBA history. Uh, unbridled <laughs> talent and, you know, a fiercest competitor like Tiger Woods-ish 
from a competitor standpoint yeah, yeah. and no one is ever going to argue that but he's kind of like imagine James Harden in 15 years if James Harden continued to do what he's doing now for 15 years you've pretty much got Kobe he's not really going to pass that much he I think he led to the the Shaq falling out and I was always on the Shaq side rather than the Kobe side but um that's taking nothing away from him you know uh, as a as a person or anything yeah. like that and a, a fantastical talent but um yeah so he he was he was uh you know incredible and i think the one thing where he goes above those guys i've put on mount rushmore is from an la perspective i think he even transcends uh, magic i think from the city of la you know he was la even more so than magic was even more so than wayne gretzky or mm. sandy koufax whatever but for, from an la athletic standpoint he he was the man i think i mean so. he was he was he was massive for them he was a huge marketing kind of like you know everything about him was like he was he was really marketable uh he, he was even rapping he was even like that brian mcknight tune and he had his own <laughs> album out and all sorts but then again like so did Shaq um <laughs> but like I, I I remember vividly when he came into the league and I made a post about this on Facebook when he came into the league, I was kind of like very dismissive. I always am with young players. Like I'm yeah. always like, you've got to prove yourself. Like yeah, I, I like I don't the know, vets. It's, it's I like really. The vets. I feel really bad because it's like they've got so much to actually do, and I always, I'm always really dismissive of young athletes coming into the game until they've scored like 40 goals in a season, or they've like you know hit like 80 points in a game or something. Like until that happens, like I'm, I'm always really dismissive. Like I have been with Trey Young, and Trey Young's doing amazing at the moment. And I feel really bad for having doubted him and his talent. Uh, and But it's just, I think it's just a natural thing that you do. Anyway, when he came into the league, uh, I remember being really dismissive, being a massive Jordan fan and being on the Jordan side of things. And then I saw that dunk contest and it wasn't the best dunk contest in the world. But I, min- I remember always loving the dunk contest in the NBA All-Star Games because that's all we really got to see in, you know, in depth in the UK. And when he did the through the legs dunk kind of thing, I remember there was a poster in like Slam or Kicks or one of the, ma- I think it was Slam magazine at the time. Yeah. And I remember having that poster on my wall and wanting those those Kobe EQTs, the Adidas Elevation sneakers. And I wanted them so bad. And thankfully they were selling them in Norwich and I, I managed to grab them. And I just remember that vividly, that whole period of time, like being really dismissive and then almost converted immediately to yeah. like needing those sneakers. It was it was weird. Yeah. So uh, rest in peace, brother. Gone before his time. But um, Sad, man. That's the end of uh, Talking Sports this week. Uh, if we've still got any non-sports fans uh, <laughs> listening <laughs> out, uh, we're going to go into snacks now because I am hungry. Snack, snack, snack attacker. Chief and Chris, like on Solo and Chewbacca. Traveling through hyperspace to get some snacks. Snack, 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 attacker. I think that is probably the best thing you've done, that jingle. I love that I, jingle. I messaged you, didn't I? And I said, yeah. that's probably the, gr- the greatest single <laughs> achievement of my entire life. <laughs> it's a good one. It's, it's a good such one. a tune. It's like, yeah. I feel like we're on a motorbike or we're on like the Millennium <laughs> Falcon hitting a hyperspace or something. It's just brilliant. <laughs> I'm going first this week, and a bit of a disappointment already, not to undersell the segment. <laughs> have, you, um, have you poured it all over the floor already? No, no, no. It's just that 
it's it's in a similar vein to what I had last week, and um, just in in a boring kind of sense. And it's a small little twenty gram packet, and it's Love Corn Smoky Premium Crunchy Corn Snack uh, Smoked Barbecue. So it is literally just like you know roasted smoked uh, corn. But okay. I'm gonna have a go, have a go anyway. Mm, that's actually really nice. Lovely stuff. Yeah. Uh, P.S. We're crunchy. We're delicious. Ah, I was going to oh. say you're crunchy. Good one. What you got? Well, I'm cheating because I've already had this multiple times before, but Kate made me some beet hummus and it is the most delightful thing ever. So I've been, uh, I'm kind of addicted to it now. So but you have ma- to dip something in that, surely. Exactly. And that's oh, why mother's I- milk. I just spilled this corn on the floor. Well done. And uh, again, it's like, that's your thing. That's your theme. Yeah, well, I have got something to dip in it. I have got a bag of Sensible Portions, which is ironic coming from the United States of America. Garden Veggie Wavy Chips Sea Salt Flavour. 30% less fat than the leading potato chips. No artificial flavours or preservatives. So it's a vegetable and potato snack. Bust these open. I already know what this is going to taste like. Um... And I'm also going to take a picture this time because I uh, always forget to f***ing do that, don't I? Apologies for the crunching in the background if I start munching. Here we go. Delicious. So, yes, uh, we can move on now because, uh, yeah. So, beet hummus and garden veggie wavy chips. Nice. I'm giving my one 7 out of 10. 7.5 out of 10. Kate listens to this, so I'm giving this 10. Of course you are. Yeah. Um, right about now, though, snacks in hand. Uh, we need to talk about some G.I. Joe comics. Comic talk. Oh, comic talk. Larry Hammer writes them cheap and Chris discuss them. Whoa. Comic talk. Oh, comic talk. Larry Hammer writes them cheap and Chris discuss them. Whoa. Last week on A Real American Hero. Cobra, contracted by the United States to bolster national security, continues to chase down members of the disbanded G.I. Joe. The Joes, however, continue to evade Cobra's grasp. Stalker takes down a Cobra sniper in the Hindu Kush and makes his way back to the US. Hawk helps rock and roll escape a prickly situation in Washington, DC. Having fought their way off the Sierra Nevada, Snake Eyes, Scarlet and Duke head to Rendezvous Point with Storm Shadow hot on their trail. Meanwhile, Billy's behavior becomes more and more troubling as Dr. Mindbender scrambles to figure out what Dr. Venom's menacing personality is doing inside the Brainwave Scanner. I like your new Clone Wars style recap. Yeah, there you go. There you go. I mean, because we're kind of doing uh, part of a story per episode now rather than a whole arc, I think it makes sense to uh, let the readers catch up and remind themselves where we left off last time. And I think you're totally right on that, yeah. Yeah. Um, so we are going to rank this at the end of this um, episode. We're going to rank these four issues we covered, 156 to 159. Uh, one, five, five, that's what I said, 156 to 159. Let's quickly have a look at the covers while we're here. Uh, I don't know if you've got them to hand. 158. I have, yeah. Um, Scarlet says, Carrion Snake Eyes. Scarlet Carrion Snake Eyes by Augustin Padilla. And then there's an alternate uh, cover B is by Rod Wiggum. It's Baroness and Billy I in have a sword to say, fight. I have to say, the Wiggum cover has the weirdest kind of like perspectives going on. Like, what is his hand and the and the sword guard doing? Yeah, like, I don't not understand. No, I'm not a fan of that, honestly. And then the retailer incentive cover was actually uh, pencils by Larry Harmer for the main cover. Guess which uh, one I prefer out of those three? The Harmer. Exactly. Yeah. 
I really love when well, Harry's pen, uh, Harry, Larry's <laughs> pencils look really cool the way he's yeah. done it. And and no disrespect to um, to Padilla, but I don't think he's managed to capture the same the the way that it's it doesn't look as natural as the way Larry did it. Basically, yeah, 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 yeah I get that. One five nine. We've got the main cover, which is Destro shooting off a couple of wrist rockets. <laughs> uh, Sounds like yeah. Not overly, not over fan of that one. But I do like Rod Wiggum's cover. I do like Rod Wiggum's cover B, which is a Zartan Snake Eyes with the phasing going on. With the phasing going, I do like that. And then, it's like leopard print phasing, isn't it? Yeah. And then again, the Larry's version of the main cover is is the pencils are better than the actual yeah, main cover. I agree. I think the the rockets look better in that perspective because they're obviously going to be bigger at the ends. We they yeah. do look a bit like tits, but yes. you know, you get what you're given. <laughs> Um, so this this issue this this issue here the start of these two uh, you've got uh, Snake Eyes and Scarlet and they are uh, scuba in uh, underneath shot. the Silent Castle beautiful shot uh, really good shot there nice and again uh, I hadn't really thought about this but bubbles, maintaining man. that theme of opening page single splash yeah it's like it seems to be. There's only there's only very few exceptions to this rule in GI Joe comics. But that yeah. I love the bubbles, man. It's just I hadn't really thought about it before until I had to look at it again. I knew I loved this panel, but when when the focus is drawn to it, the way we look at these comics, I'm like, man, there are so many beautiful details on that shot, on that panel that yeah. just go completely unnoticed when you're zipping through it. And I think that's that's one thing that you've got to say about the the issues so far is the art's been beautiful. Yeah, I think he's done a good job so far. Why are these guys here? They're they're part of some kind of information extraction operation. Well, they're the whole. The, basically, as as you know, what happened in the previous uh, issues, Cobra have managed to get in into the government uh, setup as a freelance kind of contractors, uh, and the the government have have hired them on as kind of extra military presence and stuff yeah. like that for for what's going on. Because Cobra have obviously been stirring up issues and and rioting and all that kind of stuff for, and getting into getting into society, let's fake, let's let's say, so that they can get a stranglehold and a foothold into the U.S. government, yada yada yada. Yep. GI Joe are obviously being targeted as potential issues, like you know uh, obstacles in the way of Cobra getting what they want. So they're trying to take them out systematically. The Joes have avoided that systematic assassination so far. And what they're doing now is they're going on the offensive to Cobra to basically what their overall plan is to um, highlight Cobra's nefarious dealings and to put, point out to the government who are unaware that Cobra are the bad guys at the moment. So that's why these guys are infiltrating Cobra, uh, you know, the, the, and the castles. I'd actually, I'd actually made a note when reading these two issues near the end of the second issue. I'd actually written a note saying there's not been much in these issues mentioning the cobra as a defense force yeah and obviously that i turned the page and i was like oh there it is and it's kind of wrapped up in the last couple of pages yeah and i don't know i I don't know whether that is going to return or not or whether because it cobra is almost now being investigated because of what happens across these issues 
and yeah. they've almost lost that defence contract or whatever the contract they had already. That's what it yeah. feels like. Yeah. And we didn't actually see them do anything with it, which is a no. little bit disappointing. But again, like I mentioned previously, my terrible memory means that I can't remember a lot of what's coming up in these issues. So maybe that is brought up again or not. But at this moment in time, I'm a little bit disappointed that that wasn't fleshed out more. Yeah, the only thing we really saw were, were the Cobra Troopers on the streets uh, when Duke was driving through. Obviously, yeah. Cobra Troopers uh, att- attacking Hawk in Cobra police vehicles and things yeah. like that. So it was a slow integration of it. But you're right, there, there wasn't. They didn't really flesh that out. At I'd all. like to have seen them doing something outside of the Joes as the enemy. So whether they were, you know, yeah. taking down some dictatorship in South America or something, something not Joe related. But anyway, that's by the by. Yeah, this is it's, it's a pretty action-packed couple of issues here. And there's an interesting bit early. Well, that, that fight, that panel you love with the bubbles, that carries on for a few pages. And there's a nice little fight scene with the eels. Eels up inside, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and there's eels. there's a bit of a bit of a strange bit where some locals, I guess it is, some locals come across a, what is believed to be a gypsy caravan. <laughs> yeah. And, um, one of the guys says, "How dare they camp so near to our village? Probably planning to steal our children." <laughs> is that a is that a generalized? gypsy thing of stealing children yeah in the 1320s right. maybe yeah. i don't know like I'd just, to, to just... take them away to the circus or something exactly i don't yeah. know it's just okay. it's quite funny but uh yeah that, i thought that was quite amusing yeah and then we get obviously the infiltration of the castle and snake eyes and and, and scarlet have dispatched the eel which i really liked actually as they were coming in and they they swim past and they're saying like they've got the intel they're taking out the cameras they think uh you know they, they think they've got everything Hopefully they haven't made any improvements since we got the intel in and, and so on and so forth. And then as you see them swimming off, the eel appears by pulling the little hatch out of the way and then you see him kind of a, go after them. So that was really cool. But yeah. they, they dispatch him pretty easily, get into the castle. They think it's it's all very it's a little too easy and then Storm Shadow appears and there's a big old ninja fight. It's a good one. Because Snake Eyes actually ends up with a sword right through the quad, doesn't it? Oh, no, it's horrible. Yeah, there's that panel. I'm just looking at the panel now where, um, and blood will tell, as a Storm Shadow basically pierces him right through and it's kind of gone into the wall out, out the back of his uh, leg and then Scarlet's firing off some uh, throwing stars, yes. He draws action well, uh, Padilla, I must say. Yeah, yeah, they, they, it, it's really nice. The, the panels are all so different as well, different angles. It's, it's really cool. And obviously we see her picking him up and carrying him because he's wounded just like the cover so yay things are happening that happen in the cover yeah this is kind of twofold these issues you've got this silent castle stuff going on and then you also got the pentagon stuff uh, yeah. where hawk has infiltrated the pentagon very easily can, ve- can I very easily in fact yeah uh, at one point i and again my lack of, of knowledge when he first goes in and he says thank you specialist after reading that panel i was like okay that's zartan you know, because he's Zartan yeah. has a habit of not name checking people, but then again, you know, Hawk wouldn't necessarily know these guys anyway. But then, literally three panels later, oh, that's actually Hawk, not Zartan. <laughs> <laughs> spoiler alert! <laughs> yeah, spoiler alert. So he he sneaks in, but then manages to get through the, like, get through the actual checkpoint before they've established the the identity of the person going through, which I thought was really weak security. Yeah. So he runs, finds his way into the janitor's closet. Which is an actual fact, not a janitor's closet at all. It's like a highly secure, like, panic room almost, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Quick thoughts on the Billy Baroness love thing going on? Really weird. Yeah. Bit unnatural. 
obviously it's not Billy. It's not Billy's mind. It's it's Venom. But yeah. at the same That's time, that's not been fully revealed yet. Obviously, no. But it's it's it like there's a a panel right here where Venom He's is in the foreground on, on, on the TV screen. Yeah. yeah. And it's like they're making out. And it's like, oh, God, it's so weird. Like, where's Destro in all this? Why isn't he getting involved here? Yeah. I don't know, well, he's two weird. panels over with the BATs. Yeah. But, I mean, uh, like... I do... I, yeah. It's, in it's... their whole in their whole relationship, where is he? Yeah. I do like that... That uh, Following that Dr. Venom panel, the first panel on the next page, I do like that Cobra Trooper look. Armani, Prada, Versace too. Joe's changed their outfits from black to blue. Duke and Hawk, look, but don't gawk. Changing their kit. Whoa, was that legit? Swapping camo jackets, headgear and boots. It's now neon colours and funky space suits. Sci-fi stalker and even roadblocks. While Bill, Flint and Mutt gave me a shot. So go take a walk if clothes aren't your passion. Because it's comic book talk and lovely G.I. Joe fashion. Yeah. They're all in the blue with the like kind of red face mask, yeah, but they've got yeah. kind of a tactical vest on. Lovely. Like holsters and, and pouches and stuff. It's, it's really good look. I like that. And the Televipers have gone back to purple and blue. Yeah. But one issue. I do love that uh, the detail that he draws the, all of the all of the, the human figures in their in their clothing are so beautifully detailed, well shaded. I mean you can see the padding on the Televipers upper part of his top. It's so cool yeah. and 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 even Destro wearing his skin tight spandex top, they can see every muscle in that guy's body. Yeah. Now these guys, this is where they bring Duke in. He's been captured, but he got captured on purpose, didn't he? Oh yeah, they've they've been they've it's been like captured a, in general on purpose. Yeah. It's like an ambush, isn't it? It's like a trick, you know. Because then the guys roadblock and rock and roll, pop a firefight and start mowing into the bats. Stalkers um, involved Stalker's as well. Involved, he's really good. Yeah. 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 It's good to see some of these Joes. Yeah, a mainframe as well. Yeah, interesting bit here. Mainframe is drawn pretty much identical to his IDW continuity version. Yeah. Even with the kind of helmet and the the, the light white, whitish grey with the goatee. I don't know if that's just Larry had said and then mainframes in this panel and the first reference that Padilla looked at was... Was probably an IDW Was one, probably yeah. an IDW continuity one. I mean, yeah. I don't have particularly have an issue with that that's fine but just an interesting little point i mean one thing you could say is obviously goatees are fine because you can grow them and cut them off no matter what like you know that that happens every everybody does it even women um so i <laughs> i think that when when you see him with a goatee it's a little bit like oh that's not mainframe but at the same time you know it could it's it doesn't matter it could be it, you know he could have just grown a goatee so it's not yeah. not an issue for me really but yeah, I, I I thought he he still kicks a lot of ass in this particular issue as well, doesn't he? Yeah. Just jumping back quickly because I've made a note here and I didn't uh, talk about it when we covered it. When Hawk has infiltrated the Pentagon, he says, uh, or someone says, uh, Honcho of uh, talking about who is he? Oh, he's Honcho of some Black Ops outfit. Did a Kurtz and went off grid. He's talking about uh, Colonel Kurtz from Apocalypse Now, is he? I think so. Yeah. Did a Kurtz and went off grid because I'm pretty sure it's Colonel Kurtz, which is Marlon Brando's character in Apocalypse Now. Anyway, Larry does like to drop in the odd, you know, little reference in there every now and again. Yeah, there's another bit I like, uh, and that is when you see Cobra Commander in his Cobra Commander pants. <laughs> he's trying, trying to get into his battle gear. He's, and he's trying like, to get into his battle gear. <laughs> he's struggling, and he's left his hood on, and he's and left his Cobra, his, uh, Cobra issue uh, underwear. It looks like a Cobra nappy. It looks like he could it's, sumo wrestle on that, yeah, in that. Yeah, and then there's also my one of my favourite bits of dialogue here on page 21. Mindbender and Zartan have a little back and forth, and he says, uh, To that end, we shall require a tactical delay in order to facilitate a restructuring of our depleted forces into a functional operational entity that can 
We need to stall for time, Zartan. Zartan <laughs> says, stall around the halls, eh? I'm not lyrical or spherical, but I can be as confounding as a limerick oyster when I need to be. <laughs> what? None of it makes sense to me. Whenever no. I read it, I'm always like, I don't know, it's just all, always over my head with some of uh, Larry's dialogue. Yeah, and and that particular issue ends in back to the Pentagon. The military guys have kicked in the door, waved in the four four. Kick in the door, wave in the four four. All you heard was Papa, don't hit me no more. And he's on the uh, he's on the horn to the prez. And then he's like, "It's for you, who?" Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he doesn't say that, but that's why that's no. why I envisioned. Yeah, is it? You know, that was a that was a good issue. Pretty fast paced, fast paced. Yeah. yeah, and it it kind of continues the flow, continues into the next issue. Uh, more fire it's like fights. one big issue for me these yeah. two yeah. yeah there's one weird bit where or there's a there's a bit of an interaction here actually where um destro fires his wrist rockets yeah scarlet manages to shoot one of them with a crossbow bolt and snake eyes manages to slice one in Shop half one with i know sword. they're like ridiculous aren't they like I'd, I'd love to be able to do that and there was another bit i was going to mention i think it's a bit later on we'll just skip forward very quickly where snake eyes pops out and duke ends up punching him and he's like, oh, he's Zartan. He says, uh, heads up, Duke, somebody's flanking us on the left. I see oh, him, yeah. and I'm dealing with him. Huh, Brilliant. Zartan? How did you know? Snake Eyes would never leave Scarlet in a tight situation, mainframe. I just verified it by getting past his defences to slug him out. No way I could do that to the real snakester. The interesting enough, though, Zartan's a f***ing ninja as well, or at least he's like a oh, swordsman. Yeah. yeah. Well, this is, another, this is another thing that I kind of picked up on, in that... Larry's obviously not written these characters for like 14 years or, you know, this continuity for 14 years, I should say. And part of me thinks maybe he was, it's not a full on reboot, but I wonder if it was, he viewed it as maybe a little bit of a, you know, a soft reboot and a a restart to these characters in some way. And that, you know, not everyone carried across the the baggage, the history and the, the skill set they necessarily had from the previous Marvel run. I think he definitely used it as a as an opportunity to maybe get back to a little more gritty, a little more yeah. military, yeah. And, um, and and by yeah, by by treating it like a soft reboot, you can kind of play around with it a little bit. But you know, he has always he has always said as well though, that it is a direct content a continuation. So yeah, it's yeah. I don't know it's it's always creatively up in the air. But if you're enjoying the comic, I you yeah. know that I doesn't not, bother me that he punches Zartan. I mean, Zartan probably didn't expect to be punched being in the snake eyes form so yeah. it's what it's you know it's all those kind of things you take into consideration i suppose after the fact yeah now the main reason these guys are here is main free main frame main frames the dude uh, and he has hacked into the system and he's downloading all kinds of what's the word basically all the secrets and, and encrypted in, data yeah. encrypted cobra data and their dealings with the jugglers etc and then they're going to try and get this information out while they do that snake eyes is in trouble um, he's been kind of captured and thrown into the brainwave scanner as well. And before that, he has a bit of a one-on-one with Cobra Commander in his battle armor, and it's very reminiscent of that slam dance in the Cyber yeah, Castle. Big time. So we're getting a lot of themes, and even Snake Eyes captured, then going into the brainwave scanner. Larry's pulling up a lot of previously used, and we said. Uh, in the last issue when Rock and Roll and Roadblock are on the run, and that was from back in the late 70s, early 80s issues, etc. So I think he's reusing a lot of stuff he's used before. Yeah. Now, whether that's, again, his... I feel like it's a technique in order to bridge the gap. Yeah. You know, like it's almost like getting the readers kind of used to what has already happened, in, and especially if you have been reading the original Marvel run, or ha- you have read it in the past, then 
you kind of feel that connection with some of these themes and, and ideas. Yeah, and like you said, uh, he ends up in the brainwave scanner near the end of the issue, and the brainwave scanner's gone through quite a lot of different designs because this looks like just a big kind of wooden chair <laughs> like a big wooden throne or something i've given up on the amount of uses of the brainwave scanner like it is just beyond mental now the amount yeah. of times this thing we've seen it every design possible yeah right right on the very end storm shadow has switched sides again and now he's rescuing scarlet kind of out of nowhere yeah, so I guess... All the issues we've seen so far, 155 and a half, 156, 157, 158, yeah. he's been a Cobra operative, and, and now he's kind of... So maybe he hasn't been fully brainwashed, so he... Like, well, not fully brainwashed, yeah. but maybe he's been tricking them all along just to get yeah, close. Yeah, you know, exactly. That, I, you know, that is what I'm expecting. Um, he's escaped with Scarlet. All the other Joes have got out, so Snake Eyes is the lone man left behind. And then cut back to the Pentagon, Hawks walking out because now... And he actually says, Cobra's defence contract has been cancelled. Yes, sir, at least until the anal analysts at NSA read that document, read that document you downloaded from Cobra Central. So that's the end of Cobra in terms of... That's the end of that chapter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's book them and roll. And that's the end of that chapter. But overall, I think I, I quite enjoyed those four issues. Agreed. Um, it was, again, like it was one of those things where it was coming back. Sorry, I'm, I'm still eating snacks. No, 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 um, no they sound good. Nom, nom, nom. When it, when it first came back again, there was that kind of feeling of like, oh, yes, a real American hero's back. And, you know, we'll get to see all the things straight off uh, what we'd read back in the day. We're going to be seeing it all again. Yes, we are. We're seeing it all again. But we're seeing it in a different way, different visual kind of style, different art style. And Padilla's art is actually really, really sexy in those first four issues. Like, I was really impressed with how it looked. Again, it's all very much similar things going on. So in terms of storyline, you know, and it's and also very quick. Like, I feel like this could have been drawn out for a lot of issues. Like yeah, the, I agree there, yeah. Yeah, fleshing out the Cobra aspect that you mentioned earlier on, having G.I. Joe almost as that kind of underground renegade force like in G.I. Joe Renegades and in like the current IDW G.I. Joe ongoing where uh, the Paul Aller one where it's all like kind of, you know, civilians versus uh, Cobra as a thing. But like, I think they could have... They could have really played up on that for a few more issues, but it feels like that's done and dusted in, in four issues. Seems real quick. Yeah, it does. I mean, I don't know if Larry was writing for the trade purposes or if he Possibly. Was, yeah, I don't, I don't know, but I, I think it's well done. But like you say, a couple, just maybe even two more issues could have fleshed it out a bit more. But um, I'm going to give this a seven Yojo Colas. Yeah, I'm going to go with I'm going to go with a solid seven on this one. Uh, like yeah, like I said, it's strong visually. Um, the, the it's fun and it's fast paced. At the same time, the overall st plot and story it's nothing new. We've seen it all before, so yeah, it has to probably about seven is is right. Correct. Yes. All right. Um, next week. Uh, I always say you're safest if you can read three issues ahead. We may well just cover two, but until we've read them again ourselves, we just never know. So read three to be safe, but we'll probably be doing two or three. But now I want to hear about toys, and I think you might be the guy, because it's definitely not me. Chris talks about toys, ho ho. Chris talks about G.I. Joe. He talks about all the things from the comic book and the animated show. Chris talks about toys. Chris talks about toys. Chris talks about toys. Chris talks about toys. <laughs>
you're going to love the figure I've chosen for this one. It's a throwback Thursday classic. So I've been like trying to stick with characters we see in the comics. And I thought I didn't do it in our in the first run of Talking Joe. So I thought let's go let's do some throwback Thursdays and considering yeah, this goes out on a Thursday it makes sense do doesn't it. it. It's also Tuesday so it could be a throwback Tuesday for us. And that is Eels up inside ya, finding an entrance where they can. Eels! Eels. Exactly. My man. Eels version one, the Cobra Frogman. Now, in 1985, this bad boy was released in the US. We didn't get him in the UK until 1987, believe it or not, on the Hasbro Action Force uh, carded version. Now, a couple of things about this bad boy is that it's just one of the most bad character figure troop thingies ever for me like it's one of my favorite cobra bad guys troopers anyway they just looked so cool and obviously being an underwater specialist you got loads of cool accessories with him so the toy itself kind of like in an uh, he's got like the the molded helmet so it's not like a removable helmet or anything but you can see his eyes uh, he's got like the grey, red, and black deco going on, like a, a like a wetsuit type type deal, and the uh, cobra sigil on his chest. He comes with some really cool accessories. Obviously, the flippers are really awesome, removable flippers, much like wetsuit and GI yep. Joe. An air hose that connects his face mask to his backpack, the backpack obviously, which also has a connected and a connective element, a jetpack part that goes on the bottom that allows them to zip through the water at high speed and a harpoon gun so it just really really awesome figure the card art i always thought was really cool but i have to admit it's not one of my favorites because the backpack is all over the shop in terms of size and also design it looks nothing absolutely nothing like the actual final version in my opinion there's a whole element on the top that's missing for me and it's just it yeah and it's massive like it's 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 basically almost the same size as he is like it's so weird but the actual drawing of the eel is brilliant which is such a shame because i feel like it's one of the it's one of my least favorite card arts because of that uh, believe it or not but the figure's so re- just really cool and obviously one reason why it was so cool for me was because of that incredible cover on action force weekly issue 2 yep. that had the eel with uh, Snake Eyes and Scarlet kind of in hot pursuit. And I just remember that being probably the coolest ever cover and probably cemented that figure in a much higher regard because of that particular story. Uh, Just so, so cool. He was actually released in the States in 85, but was available in 86 as well. And he was discontinued in the same year we got him in the UK, which is interesting as well. And like I said, in the UK in like 87, we got a huge wave of figures. Uh, it was it's crazy. Loads of different characters kind of all lumped together from previous waves that, that they already had them in G.I. Joe in the U- US. His file card was also pretty cool. And there's one difference. Well, other than the, the grey and the... Uh, tan difference in colour that the US and the UK had on the file card. Uh, there was one word changed, and that was program, so that the spelling was uh, was P R O G R A M E as opposed to P R O G A R A M. And I'll read it out for you: Cobra Frogman, code name Eels, file name classified, primary military specialty underwater demolitions, secondary military specialty marine engineering, birthplace various countries, grade E4 or equivalent. 
Eels are the underwater demolition specialists of the Cobra Legions. They man and operate the Cobra Marine outposts disguised as offshore drilling rigs and augment the crews of larger Cobra naval vessels. Eels undergo a rigorous two-part training program in the warm shark and pirate-infested waters of the Cayman Islands in the Caribbean and in the frigid dark depths of the North Atlantic. Their training regimen includes marine structural engineering, explosive ordnance, underwater fighting techniques and marine geology. So really, really awesome figure. I love I love the, the eel very much. Uh, now, obviously, I've mentioned that they appeared on the cover of Action Force. They're also in the Sumbo cartoon. They appeared uh, in completely different design, kind of a very basic stripped-back design on the Order of Battle file card in the, in the comic. And they featured heavily on the media in the UK because it was one of those characters that I suppose had a cool look. So they utilised it on a lot of UK merchandise. But also the commercial, the TV commercial in the US for the Moray, the eels got in there in a big way. They kind of packed out the Moray, which was really, really cool. Cobra Hydrophores shooting across the water is an evil new foe. Cobra Hydrophores gonna get G.I. Joe. And this is it, the Cobra Hydrofoil. Cobra! Raise the missile rack! Fire the torpedoes! Fire! Return fire! Cobra Hydrofoil, G.I. Joe, tactical battle platform. Other Joe and Cobra figures each sold separately. That's pretty much the eel, or eels, the original version. There have been uh, about seven or eight versions, I think, since. Or oh, seven or eight overall, uh, including that version two that we've seen a couple of times in the comic yep. um, that we looked at last time, which is just mental and all over the place but they have been done in the modern era for 25th anniversary for i think rise of cobra and then for like uh, the 50th anniversary as well so yeah that's the eels good stuff more toys next week but right now we need to confuse some people because it's time for over egging the pudding aka british colloquialisms i think i said it the wrong around i think it's british colloquialisms aka over egging the pudding we got a pudding we're gonna egg it we got a pudding we're gonna over-egg it. We got a pudding. We got no criticisms. That means it's time for some British colloquialisms. Both of them work. So Don't even know my own segment. What, do you want me to go first? Uh, yeah, go on. So, I can remember if I've done this before or not, but I have, in the past, utilised some of my dad's famous sayings. I say famous. Famous in the McLeod household. Nowhere else. And possibly the Kirkwood household, because I've continued the legacy over overseas. Strong. But, um... One of them I always found really funny and must have been made up by him because I can't think of anywhere it was used or if it came, if it came up. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yes. Uh, again, I haven't checked on this. I haven't asked Dad to if I can use this copywritten uh, okay. terminology yet. All right, I'm excited now. And that is the term as smooth as a tube of crisps. Definitely have not used that, and I have not heard that because I thought the saying was smooth as a baby's bum. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, there are plenty of sayings. That I think I prefer his one. Yeah, tube of crisps, amazing. And I think it's when Pringles came out for the first time. Got I think it. that's when when I started hearing that a lot. But it's always made me laugh, and I feel like it's it's only utilised in, in our household. So I, I've said it a few times as well, and, and Peter, to the astonishment of people, like, just what? Yeah. So, yeah, as smooth as a tube of crisps. Very good, very good. My one, actually, before I go on to my one, uh, I'm going to do a call back to a previous one very quickly because I just had a text message from my mum. And I don't know if I did this one when you were on the show when it was Ben, but uh, I had a British colloquialism, I think it was you, uh, Jimmy Shearing. 
uh, <laughs> and that was yeah. localized to about 10 people. And it was a guy called Jimmy Shearing who, whatever happened to him, it was always what he wanted. He was riding his bike down the street and he would fall off of it and he'd say, oh, I wanted to get off here. Or Brilliant. he broke his ladder in two. Oh, I wanted two short ladders. So if Brilliant. something went just right when you think it's going wrong, that's called Jimmy Shearing. And she's just texted me saying, uh, morning. So it was actually not just now, it was about six hours ago. Morning, just had a Jimmy Sheeran moment. I knocked over a jug of water, filled the cutlery drawer, made it soaking, but it's a drawer I meant to clean out for a while now. All done. <laughs> so well done. She had a Jimmy Sheeran. That's um, adorable. My uh, British colloquialism this week, and I don't know if this is used outside of the UK. I'm sure it is used in you know other places, but it's gutted. You know, when well, you'll, you'll be gutted if it is used in the US. Yeah, uh, you know, it, news of Kobe, unfortunately, uh, dying in the helicopter accident, I was absolutely gutted. So just to mean, you know, disappointed, distraught, kind of, uh, you know, not good, gutted. The feeling as if you've been gutted, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, when your team loses in the Super Bowl, gutted. Actually, just very quickly, who wins the Super Bowl? Because by the time this goes out, it'll be Super Bowl weekend, and then our following show will be post-Super Bowl. So who wins? I'm going to say Kansas City Chiefs. Okay, you heard it here first, Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, I'll take the 49ers then, just for... Well, at least one of us can be right. 49ers will probably score 49 points, but the Kansas City Chiefs will score yeah. 65 points. Yeah, that's it, yeah. And I will turn off at half-time, is what you're saying? You'll turn off in the first quarter. If there's more... Right, proclamation... If there's more than 21 points in the first quarter, Chiefs going to bed. Okay. Uh, anyway, oh, I hope there's not because I actually want to watch it. But uh, I stick to my word. Let's find out. What time's it on over there? Uh, it starts at 11 a.m. UK time. No, not at all. 11 p.m. Yeah, 11, 12, 1. So it'll finish about 3. No, but it's extra long. Yeah, because it's extra long because that's stupid halftime. I don't know who's doing the halftime. I don't know. Don't know. Um, I have not been paying attention at all, really. No. no. Well, it's, this is the part of the show now where I'm not asking you a question, you're not asking me a question because... Listeners answer a question, listeners answer a question, posed by us just for you, listeners answer a question. So I forgot to put the question out on a Sunday, which is what, what we've kind of done, so at least we get a good two full days of responses, <laughs> and I messaged you about two and a half hours ago saying... I forgot to put a question out. <laughs> so I put a question out and we'll just see. I said, we'll see if we get enough responses. So if you are still responding to this past 8 p.m. UK time, I guess 3 p.m. Eastern time on Tuesday, unfortunately you won't have made the cut, but please do keep responding. And the question was with the new Snake Eyes movie coming out soon. Um, what kind of incarnation, what version of, of the character would you like to see? And have you got any concerns? Now, that was a can of f***ing worms. Now, I don't want to offend anyone. I hope I don't, um, because uh, I'm a lover, not a fighter. And as Michael Jackson said, but there seems to be a lot of negativity. Now, I'm not embedded in the G.I. Joe community outside of this podcast I do. I'm not really that involved in the community. But... Uh, there seems to be a lot of negativity and I'm just going to read out a few responses and this is again mean I'm not having to go at anyone or judging anyone or anything but let's just read out a few these are from Twitter uh, the previous live action Joe movies left much to be desired they won't follow real American hero law as selling that to the international market would be a challenge I figure having low expectations makes it easier if it's not great I, I can see you know that's that's fair I, I guess agreed yeah um, I actually like the Vietnam vet commando version from the early comics the most even though ninjas are unquestionably bad 
Yeah, yep, that's, that's, that's fair. Biggest concern is they changed his ethnicity and the whole killed his father story they are adding. What not, difference you know, does it make, seriously? I'm not overly fussed on whether they change his ethnicity or anything. I mean, look, at the end of the day, who, I don't know who's making the movie. I don't know what company it is. But Paramount. Paramount. They're not going to 100% surely market it just for G.I. Joe Hardcore fans because that is then limiting their yeah, catch audience you know, yeah, their audience time. so they might as well make it a more broadly appealing so i'll tell you why they've what well, they've gone the way they have is because they find that the china market and the kind of asian market is is huge for these kind of branded films like bumblebee did did big numbers in fact the the the, the numbers in china helped bumblebee kind of do like what would have been mediocre numbers to yeah. doing good numbers right um overall so like without that market they kind of you know they lose out so to kind of aim at a market that is massive you know like can only be a good thing for gi joe as a brand now i've gone over this like a million times but it never really seems to kind of i'm not saying i'm, I'm, I'm explaining no one knows what, what i'm talking about but it always seems to get missed in that transformers let's use that as a as an as an example when michael bay did the the transformers live action films yes they were utter utter garbage i as a, as a g1 fan and as like a, a fan of transformers for many many years like enjoyed the first one to a degree but the rest of them you could just i i don't you know i'd never watch again they're just yep. absolute garbage right but what he did for that brand was literally give us so much more and allowed the brand to cater directly to collectors of that era as well like with masterpiece and with i mean look at the toys that come out for transformers it's remarkable and if you want gi joe to be successful again then i'm afraid you have to just open it out it like if if it's not selling the real american hero vibe which let's face it is what even though People will argue and say, well, Rise of Cobra was an international team. Yeah, but it was corny as f**k and it was effectively just an American action movie. The, the retaliate, retaliation, like again, like, you know, was was better, but but certainly shit, was certainly better than Rise of Cobra. But it was, again, it was an, a real American hero vibe. And yeah. like, it, guess what? It didn't break the f**king bank. It didn't do the numbers you want it to do. Yep. So um, they're trying something different, and they're aiming at a market that has shown an interest in some of the of these kind of brands. So why not let yeah. try and crack that market to see if we can get something successful out of this? Yeah, yeah. I certainly think, uh, for one, that's a good thing. Two, the this, the ethnicity thing has got to stop. Like yeah. this has I got mean, I've to got, come I've, to an end now. I've got some more. Here's some Instagram response. We had, we had good responses, you know, in the short time. Um, just hope they don't f it up like the movies. Um, I hope somehow Timbers. <laughs> I hope somehow Timbers in it. Oh, that would be so so good. Um, there's another one. Every time I hear news about the new Snake Eyes character for the movie, I get more and more concerned. Firstly, they hire Henry Golding, who has zero action ex- movie experience. I guess they thought all Asians knew kung fu. Then the actor wow. insinuates we'll see Snake Eyes face a lot. Now, on this point, it's an I'm, origin story. Of course, we will. I'm. I. I. That doesn't bother me. If you want to take his hood off and show his face, uh, that that's 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 fine. That's cool. I don't think this movie can support him in a leading role without him taking his mask off. Of course um, not. The only character I know who hasn't really done that. I'm sure there are other movies, but the whenever it was 2012 was it the 2012 or whenever that movie The Dread came out. Yeah. And obviously, in comic lore, uh, 2080 Lord Dread 
we've never seen Dredd's face ever and that obviously Stallone took the helmet off in that movie but in all the comics and that 2012 movie he didn't remove his helmet and the movie was probably better for it but this I think is slightly different in, and I think it would be weird if he didn't take his uh, mask off yeah, and I think we need to see his face. So it's I'm, in that, be, it's, I'm in that camp anyway. Um, people are saying they want to see like this, that, and the other. They're not gonna see that. We know quite a lot about what we're gonna see, and it's gonna be different than what we know. You yeah. know what I mean? They're, 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 they're talk, there's a lot of talk about them trying to cover a lot of different elements and a lot of different eras and that kind of stuff. But let's yeah. face it, we're we're gonna see a different GI Joe story here, and I yeah. think people just have to wind their neck in and in, and check it out before they make that uh, yeah. that judgment of whether it's good for the brand or not you know right. i'll just finish off these instagram ones because i want to everyone who's responded i do want to give them their props and read out their comments i hope they don't make him talk um well of course he's going to talk of course he's going to talk story. it's not going to it's not going to support they're not going to a, a, a mute person who doesn't take his mask off is not going to sustain a two-hour movie um this is before he gets his face kicked in guys trust yeah. me uh, i'm not sure if this next one is serious or not i hope it's not um i think it's terrible the actor playing snake eyes is asian and not a blonde-haired white man like the comics let's move on from that one uh, i am God concerned mighty i'm concerned the film will stray away from larry harmer's comic story just as rise of cobra and retaliation did commando someone wants yeah that's fine uh not a they stupid... just want him not to wear any pants <laughs> yeah uh, not a stupid ninja um oh and God. then lastly i'll just read out the facebook ones we have some good ones on facebook any and all uh, so i'm talking about what incarnation any and all whether i like them or not i'll be buying all the toys no concerns just happy to have some more gi joe products uh, i've said and this is this i'm going to call out this person uh i hope you don't mind uh michael on facebook because he says i've said it once and i'll say it again gi joe's greatest enemies are its own fans um <laughs> So I hope you don't mind me calling you out because I, I you know, that's, oh, that, that, seems, that seems poignant and, and on the nose. So well done. Um, I'd like to keep it as faithful to the source material as possible. I hate when films deviate too much from the things that made the character popular in the first place. But from the looks of things so far, so good. Uh, and actually, this uh, this is, uh, I'm going to call out Matt here. I hope you don't mind me calling you out, Matt, because he's echoing what you said. I think the Bumblebee is a good example of how well it can work and still stay true to the source. Yeah. Well, so we got, it'd be nice if it's not too garbage. I guess if it was closer <laughs> to the Harmony universe, it'd be great, creating distance from the previous films. Uh, classic Commando would be cool, assuming it is mostly set before he becomes a ninja. I just want a good movie, good character development, with a nod towards the history of his character in the comics and... Um, if it's set in modern times, I'd like to see an update on uniforms and weapons. So, interesting. Yeah. So that that's all that we had. You know, two and a half hours. People, pe- look, people aren't going to accuse the GI Joe fans of not being passionate about you know what they love. So you know, thanks to everyone who responded to that. You know, it, it was good. It's created a good uh, a good dialogue and some good conversation. Um, the, the thing that I struggle with, and this is not primarily directed at gi joe fan base this is across all of uh, media and entertainment uh, is that fans and maybe they do to an extent and maybe i've just got it wrong but i think fans feel this ownership uh, yeah. over properties and licenses and you see it happening on star wars you know when there was complaints and fanboy up and revolts and also and, and on any number of star wars projects that have happened over the years whether they be tv movies comics video games whatever but i think and maybe do fans do 
have some kind of ownership over products and licenses if they've helped to put those products and licenses where they are by spending their money on that product but i don't know where you draw the line or where you separate that out i really don't know me personally well no just in general i don't know what what our fans clearly aren't just supposed to shut up and take it no you know fans should be able to voice their concerns but at what point does it cross yeah. the line or what does it where does it become well you don't own that property you don't get to decide what happens to it or yeah unfortunately that that's a that is a problem in general this this feeling of ownership of, of something y- yeah like maybe you have i mean i've spent a lot of money on this brand i've spent a ton of money on this brand i don't feel any ownership towards gi joe or action force or anything like that at all because i don't have any ownership over it i have been you know that they have put this stuff out and they've put it out periodically and I've jumped on it and grabbed it uh, as and when, when I think stuff is cool. And it just so happens that with G.I. Joe and Action Force, I feel like whenever anything comes out, I'm, I'm very excited for it and want to want to get it and everything. But I'm, I'm going to jump in, but I, I, I'm going to take a guess that if there is a product related to G.I. Joe that comes out and you don't like it, you're probably just not going to buy it or not consume it or, you know... Probably not, But you're not going to go on to, you know, you're not going to shout to the to the hills that this is junk fire someone or you know i guess no because i again like i don't own it and it's got it and like really has nothing to do with me at the end of the day like like it's up to them it's up to the the guys that do own it it's up to hasbro it's up to paramount to they want something successful they want something that's going to make them a lot of money they'd be they wouldn't be in this business if they didn't and you know, like they, the the fans have driven a lot of things. Yeah, they've they've forced a lot of things through by, you know, constantly asking for it over and over again. But guess what? Even when the fandom constantly asks for something over and over again, when it's given to them, they don't accept it. And I'm not saying that's what's happening here with Snake Eyes, but that's happened in the past when, you know, it's it's almost like a lot of people do have a say. They'll 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 you know, everyone has a platform nowadays. Jesus. Like, so everyone has a platform and everyone can say what they feel about something. And I don't think that's, I don't necessarily think that's a good thing, honestly. I think it's, it just creates a lot of noise. Um, it's not always the people that are being positive about something that, that stand out. It's usually the negative kind of stuff. And fair enough, if you've, you know, we've been burnt twice, I feel like, by a couple of live action movies. But does that affect my, my excitement towards this Snake Eyes one? No. In, like, I have, some concerns but honestly from what i'm hearing the people that are involved the actors etc etc there's a lot of positive stuff coming out of this lead up to this film that you know i wasn't expecting and if if it comes out and it's turd we'll on this show we'll say this is turd you know we're not gonna we're we're not here to protect anything if if something is poor we'll say it's poor. exactly exactly and like if you've listened to this show you've heard my i've had critiques over what larry's done in certain issues but like at the same time i'm just talking about it from a certain point of view how who am i to say that larry has got a six or a five on this like i'm no one to say that like larry is a legend and he has written amazing fun comics that i have enjoyed as a child i've enjoyed as an adult and obviously i've absolutely loved as a child the action force side of things and all those comics like i've I love all of this stuff. I do love it. And I think that that with that love comes a passion. And yeah, you do I think a lot of people they they mistake that. They 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 misunderstand that feeling 
for ownership of it. And like that's what I think is the main problem with fandoms in general. Like nobody has ownership of this apart from the actual f-ing owners of it. Like that's just the way it is. And yes, yeah. you could also argue that yeah, but the fans will like allow something to live or die. That isn't always the case. Like sometimes something will appeal to a different audience. And if it does and that audience is bigger, then I'm sorry, but you're just going to be pushed to the side a little bit. You know, you won't. But but also, if, if it's so successful, if it does reach a new audience and is massively successful, guess what? It means that the collectors, if you haven't been, well, let's hope so, because obviously the amount of negativity that's come out uh, over the years, you know, you, you, you wonder if maybe Hasbro would just say, well, f*** you then. You know, like, we're not going to cater to you because now we've got this audience that are giving us what we wanted at the end of the day and we're not gonna we're not going to do that anymore so like you could get burned here you know is what i'm saying and and i think yes it's it's like i understand why people have concerns because of the previous movies we've had but this is going in a different direction surely you can see that but you know we'll see and if it is then we'll say and i'm not going to sit here and say well i was wrong because i'm not saying that it's going to be a good film I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying you need to wind your f***ing necks in, or especially when you're when you're touching very seriously dangerous topics that have nothing, nothing to do with the brand and its success. Yeah, I think you've summed it up well there. And I think what I'll just say is it's easy to judge and make bold statements without having consumed something first. Yeah, and big time. Fair enough to say, you know... Well, look, the previous Joe movies, they weren't my cup of tea, so this one is clearly going to follow the same suit. We don't, you don't know that, do you? So let's just wait and see, I guess. There you go. We stir it up on Talking Joe every week. Well, maybe not every week, but um, that was good. So again, uh, we want to thank everyone who did contribute there. Uh, apologies if we've missed off your your, your responses, but um, it's good. Everyone loves healthy debate. Mass debate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There'll be more Talking Joe next week, of course, because that's what we do. We do a weekly show about G.I. Joe comics. Wrist Rockets. You can catch us in all the usual places. That's Talking underscore Joe on Twitter, Talking Joe Comics on Instagram, Talking Joe Comics at gmail.com. And Talking Joe, a G.I. Joe podcast on the Facebook. Where can the fine people find people find you, sir? You can find me at Diagnostic80 on Twitter and Instagram. And you can also find the Four Force podcast on Podbean, iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube, Patreon, Facebook and Twitter. You can find me on Chiefy Two Shoes on Twitter. And I've actually got a new podcast coming out soon. Uh, I sent Mr. Diagnostic a special preview copy to have a listen. It's really he good. chucked it it's straight really in the good. bin, I think. I'm not sure. I trashed it. Immediate uh, trash. It's called The Outer Timers, and it's uh, me and that other uh, slacker, Ben, who ditched this podcast. Yo, I'm hoping yo. he's not going to ditch the new one as well. Uh, we are discussing... Uh, it's got, you know what's going to happen, don't you? You're going to fill I'm, in. I'm <laughs> Five I'm episodes in. I'm, making, I'm giving you a call. Um... <laughs> But yeah, so that, we're going to be talking about movies, comics, TV. Kind of, it's like this show, but minus GI Joe, effectively. Um, that is that is going to be coming soon in the next week or so. So check that out. And I can I can also add, it's really good, guys. Check it out. It's a lot of fun. And oh, thank I you. Listen to it all the way through. Uh, over a six hour period because I had to keep pausing it to let my dogs out but yeah it's really really good alright good stuff good stuff uh, we're actually we're planning to get you on for a, for a guest guest slot well, on one of those shows don't ruin it yeah watch the numbers dip but anyway uh, with all that said and done we will catch you down the road I mean chill.